Hey, are we ever going to have some fun today? You are going to love this. Trust me on that. I've got a story that you're going to love to hear, and I don't even know what the story's about. It could be about addiction. It could be about the, uh, the heart of a mom caring for her daughter. It could be about a family. It could have been about relationships down the hall or living with some very unsettled issues. But I have got two of my favorite people in the whole world. I've got to tell you, uh, Kathy and April, I've really been looking forward to this time together. And um, uh, let, me give, let me give a little background before we get into this. Uh, Kathy and I, this is Kathy Hill and her daughter, April. Kathy and I worked together for about 10 years. Would that be 12 years, maybe? And I've seen you come from um, just, uh, what would I say, when you were out in the field, and then you got the in-office job, and then you sort of cream, my dad always said, cream rises to the hot. So you (laughs) ran to the top. And I, I feel sort of badly that we worked together for all those years, and I never heard your story. And I think maybe in the conclusion of our time together today, this might be a real incentive for us to uh, listen to our coworkers more than, hey, how are you? Or that horrible thing I hear you say all the time. What is it? Roll Tide. (laughs) Yeah, we got to do that. So, Kathy, welcome here. Thank you for your vulnerability of sharing your story. April, thank you for taking time out of your day to be able to be here. So, uh, Kathy, let's start with you. Your father was a preacher. Yes. A late good, in life. Oh, late in life. What did he do just during normal life? He was a mechanic and a drunk and a womanizer. Oh, okay. We're jumping into the deep end here. So uh, <laughs> we didn't have a good relationship with Dad? He was absent a lot because um, he was, you know, he worked as a mechanic uh, during the day and then um, we would see him occasionally on the weekends. A drunk womanizer becomes preacher. There's a story there. How yes. in the world did that happen? I was, I think uh, I had just turned 19. And uh, uh, Dad came home and woke everybody up about 2 a.m. in the morning, one Sunday morning, and told us all to get up and told us that he was at a chicken fight in Stone Mountain, and um, he got saved behind the barn. And we were all going to go to church. No and way. so we stayed up all night. And he went, um, that morning, he went to Avondale Baptist Church, I believe, and, um, and immediately went to the altar and uh, apologized for heckling them all of his drunk life. Unbelievable. Did yeah. you believe it? It was surreal. I just I thought, oh, this won't last. But it did until he passed. So, Did you have a lot of undoing when you saw drunk womanizing dad become a, a non-dad, I suspect, mm-hmm. to an incredible dad? Or was, was that a... Well, I got married months after, so oh. I wasn't at home when he was, you know, the good dad. And so this jailhouse conversion mm-hmm. stuck. Yes. And then he became a pastor of some sort. That's correct. Were you ever a church person in all of that, or you were just a normal no. 17-year-old kid? I was, yeah, 
No, I was not. We didn't go to church. You know, if uh, the only time we ever went to church is when we would go back to Alabama to visit uh, my mother's parents, my grandparents. So all this happened in, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. It all happened in Georgia. So mm-hmm. there is a good part of So you still have a place for Georgia in your heart, even oh, though you're an Alabama home. girl. It's, it's home. home. Well, mm-hmm. then why don't you get your car painted black and red rather than that <laughs> other color that says go, what do you, not go Roll dog. Tide. Roll Tide. So <laughs> you're a, you're just a diehard Auburn girl. Alabama. Oh, excuse me. Alabama. I'm sorry. <laughs> not right, Auburn. Georgia. Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> What a what a background that you brought mm-hmm. into a marriage. How old were you when you got married? I was uh, 19 uh, okay. when I got married. And what kind of guy did you marry? I married a guy that was from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He was living in Georgia at the time, and he was just, you know, nothing extraordinary. I mean... He wasn't a bad guy. He was an actually, he was a good guy. So, um, Did you two have a church experience together? No, we did not. Okay, so your daddy's experience didn't really rub off on you a whole lot. Not until. At that point. No, not until we moved to, we moved from Atlanta after I got married to Tuscaloosa. And um, I had my first child and um, one night I, uh, I was asleep and I was awakened and um, knew that I needed to accept Jesus. So, and we had no phone. We lived in a trailer in Tuscaloosa. Well, and doesn't everybody in Alabama? No, 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 no. no I'm that's not true. even going to say that. I should. Okay. <laughs> sort of. Um, so, so your, your father had sort of a midnight mm-hmm. conversion experience of mm-hmm. some, and then you repeat that same, same kind of thing. But there's some other things that were repeated as well. When you got married, this is what I understand, mm-hmm. uh, just Joe off the street or a friend or however that worked, mm-hmm. he didn't share a whole lot about that. Um, he had an addiction of some sort? My dad? Your husband? Uh, no, he really didn't. My first husband did not. Oh, okay. My first husband didn't have, in. you know, he was just a good old boy. And, and how long did that marriage last? A uh, little less than five years. What, would, what broke it up? Um, when I became a Christian, he was not happy. He told me that I was not the woman he married. Ah. And he wasn't happy to be with me anymore, so he filed for divorce. Okay. You lived then how long alone? Um, or unmarried? Unmarried. Six years. Okay. Then man number two came into your life. Correct. Who was this guy? He was um, Ricky Hill. He lived next door to me in uh, Gadsden, Alabama. Why'd you go back to Alabama? I think that's where your life went wrong. Yeah. You keep going well, back there. I blame that on the first husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> he wanted to move back home, so. So what kind of guy was Ricky? He was a uh, very good looking, seven years younger than me, man. Well, there you go. And, um, you know, we we he moved to Texas, and he called me from out there and said that he missed me, and he wanted me to move out there, and marry him so I me and my daughter went out there and we got married well, who was this daughter you had a daughter Stacy with my first husband okay you mm-hmm. and Stacy <clears throat> moved to marry a Texan Ricky yeah well he moved out there to get a job so I yeah see. 
Now, did he have an addiction problem of some yes. sort? Yes. Okay, tell me about that. So I dismissed this first marriage. So your yeah. your husband mm-hmm. was hiding when you got married. Did you ever know that he had some kind of? I knew that he drank. Okay. I didn't know about any other kind of, you know, drugs. And I don't know that that even was the case when we first got married. But, but later he got into drugs? Correct. Pretty yes. badly? Yes. Cocaine. Ah. Um, I think that was the first. There was always pot, but um, but the hard drugs, uh, it was first cocaine. And then... You know, so pause it right there. How does a young bride become aware that her husband, I I think this is a hiding issue, Mm -hmm. is it not? You try to hide this as long as you can. How does a young bride detect this and confront it? I didn't know about any of that when I was, when this was happening. I didn't know what the signs were for cocaine. So you're just... Just out there, have no clue. You're living yeah. in Never Never Land. Yeah. And he's not around, apparently. Right. I mean, you don't just mm-hmm. do this at the kitchen table no. after for dessert or anything. Mm-hmm. So he has to leave at night or he has to yeah. not he, come. There's neighbors that he would go to and hang out with and stuff. And I'd go to sleep. Cause... You would never say, hey, Ricky, bro, uh, <laughs> husband, I mean, w- where are you? What are you doing? Is that... Oh, I'm just hanging out and having a few beers, you know. And you so. were... Okay with that. You just didn't know the just, extent of a few I didn't beers. know the extent of it, yeah. Okay. So. so he tumbled off into a greater and greater yes. addiction with pretty strong drugs, not just alcohol. Correct. But it ended in yeah. is he alive today? Did No, he passed away eleven years ago. From um the long term effects of the drugs. It wasn't drugs that killed him. He he had uh, the liver that was enlarged. The heart was enlarged. Oh, wow. He had a heart attack, basically, is what they ruled it. But uh, so it was never an overdose or something no, like that. It, it was just was the body couldn't stand this. Correct. With, withstand. I mean. Yeah. Wow. So mm-hmm. how long were you married to Ricky? Um, till he died. Till he died. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we so were you were caretaking, or. No, he didn't live with us. Uh, I, because of the drugs, I, we separated. So okay, he always was, you know, in and out of jail a lot, and you know, uh, would stay with people that he, you know. Is this all happening in Texas, or is this no? Now? This is all in Georgia. I'm back to Georgia. Mm-hmm. So you had Stacy was the first daughter, correct? And then you had another daughter with Ricky. I had a, uh, yes, uh, Leanne, Leanne was my first daughter, my first daughter with Ricky. Okay. And then who else came and into the picture? And then it was April came two years later. Okay. So. so three girls. I have three girls. Wonderful. <laughs> so Ricky, somewhere along the line, doesn't become a father. Correct. He's, so you're the mother caring now for three children. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You said, I think, that Stacy got into drugs as well. Yeah, later in life. In yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Leanne got into... Correct. Mm-hmm. And April yep. followed as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yes. a drop the mic right there. <laughs> yeah. So 
Do you lay that at the feet of Ricky? How does a trans? How do you transfer addiction? I'm not sure. I don't know. Did you ever do drugs? Never. Oh, preacher's girl! What a lily white angel we have here in our <laughs> no, unbelievable. I, the most I've ever done was, you know, my sister used to. She'd say, "Come on, just take a." A, a toke of this joint and i've tried i can't i can't even smoke cigarettes choke so well, no <laughs> uh, your story mirrors mine in as much as i was raised in a very conservative home mm -hmm. and there was a song that came out one toke over the line mm -hmm. i thought it was one toe no put a toe over the line it's i used toke. to sing that a toke and i'm like what's a toke I, I, so you don't even have to inform me what it is i just mm -hmm. assume it's not a yeah. toe and so ricky absenteeism but there was something that caused three daughters to move down the identical path do you know what it was well now this is just my opinion that's what we're here for <laughs> my oldest daughter i think because she she was 10 years old before my second child was born so she was basically an only child and okay. her dad was not around uh, he didn't, you know, he was one that paid child support religiously, mm -hmm. but never visited or sure. got visitation. So I think she sort of felt, when I got married, I get a feeling that she sort of felt like she didn't belong mm -hmm. because the other two daughters were, those are her half-sisters. When you said Stacy, the eldest, mm -hmm. got into drugs later in life. Well, uh, she probably 18 years old 17 or 18 yeah and we're and that's here in atlanta somewhere mm -hmm. and how do you find drugs how do how, how did, did stacy find herself <clears throat> in a group of people that brought her into it was just a group of people that i guess that she was with and you know someone told me she was doing it because she didn't live at home she moved out Oh. She moved out. When so she when was, she was under your roof, mm -hmm. there was no drug issue whatsoever. Not that I know of. Did no. you ever suspect after she moved out that this was a new life for her? Uh, yeah, I found out probably two years after she moved out, I would say. So you've got Leanne and April both at home. Mm -hmm. When did the second child find <clears throat> drugs to be a friend? Um, she, she had moved out. She got me. No, it was before. Yeah, she I was thirteen. Well, I didn't know that. Yes, you did. Well, yes, I know she did. Smoking pot. Yeah, I'm which sorry. Which is a drug. Yeah, which is a drug. You're right. So yeah, she she used to smoke with her dad. He would smoke with her. And did that lead Leanne to some harder drugs? Um, yeah, she had some. Um, she she later got married, and um, she had some. Um, uh, medical problems that caused her pain and so when she went to the doctor of oh, course sure. they prescribed pain medicine sure. which led to um, the harsher drugs where she These are uh, all eventually her heroin mm -hmm. heroin yeah so not prescription drugs but it just led to it was prescription drugs to start with and, and sort then, of a gateway and led yep mm -hmm. okay then we have young april here april tell me you're, these, this is fascinating i am i'm on the edge of my seat so you're living in at home mm -hmm. how did you start 
a life or down the road of being introduced to a life of drugs? Um, was it to start with drinking? No, um, it was it was marijuana. It was pot, and I started smoking. It was a week before my seventeenth birthday. So somewhere between thirteen and eighteen, uh, all three daughters are connected to a brand new life. Yeah. Did you, when you were seventeen, were you living at home? Mm-hmm. I was. So tell me what it's like to hide this from mother. Terrible. Very difficult. Um, but, you know, that early on, it was maybe like a once a month kind of thing oh, okay. that, you know, that I would get into with my friends at the time. And, you know, usually later in the evening when mom is asleep. So I'd, you know, sneak back in the house and just go to bed. <laughs> I'm sleepy anyways. I'll just go to bed. How long did you hide this? Um, I don't know. How, how long would you say it took for you from me turning 17? Did you suspect anything? No. No? Mm-mm. Okay. Well. But what I'm hearing here is we have a very faithful mom. A mom who's watched a husband tumble off, oldest daughter go from pot to mm-hmm. real life uh, mm-hmm. from second daughter and you never wrote anybody off mm-hmm. you kept loving these girls as best you could yep. at whatever distance you were where none of them lived at home at this point other than april april mm-hmm. when she was and what mm-hmm. you didn't know anything about april's condition no mm-hmm. okay then lead me down the path of what Step by step. You started with marijuana mm-hmm. once a month with friends in the hood, sneaking back home, going yeah. to sleep. How was your night? Oh, mom, it was great. We just <laughs> played a few records or something. Or... Yep. Okay. Uh, then that, you know, after I turned 18, I, I had a job. I was working in a restaurant, so I, I had money to buy the marijuana. So that became more often um where do you buy marijuana what what (laughs) uh friends does everybody have it back then it felt like it (laughs) i mean if you would say to me johnny here's money go buy marijuana i would go uh where (laughs) <laughs> uh, can you give me a little, I mean, I must live in an alternative universe, but I would, but you would know right now where to go to buy drugs. Uh, well now it would probably take me a little longer because I'm out of it, but, but could you buy tonight at midnight? Could you find the sources? Probably. It's yes. that available. So yes. I'm trying to, right. Unbelievable. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you had money now because you're a big restaurant girl. <laughs> And now you're buying, did you steal? No, never. You just always paid your own way, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. What did it lead to? Um, An early pregnancy, for sure. I was pregnant with Lexi by the time I was 19. Yeah. You're hesitating now. Hmm? You're going slow, so you have a baby out there. Yeah. I, I did quit, you know, during the pregnancy, of course. 
Um, and I was good up until she was about a year and a half old, a year and a half, two years old. And um, I moved in with one of my best friends growing up. She, her and her husband um, just had a little girl. They were moving into a larger place. Um, I started working at Quick Trip with them and they smoked around the clock. Marijuana? Yes. Yeah. So when I moved back, when I moved in with them, it started back. I was smoking okay. all the time. Um, and where's your paycheck going? Straight to marijuana. I would pay I would pay my portion of the bills to them and then it was kind of a pool. We we pulled in money to pay the rent and then what was ever left over, we pulled in to get marijuana for the house. What does marijuana do? Um other than get a person addicted, what right. what do you feel? Uh relaxed. Um in a way that music couldn't do it or just chilling with um, with uh, what is it? Hard lemonade or something? Mike's lemonade? Mike's or hard lemonade. Mike's hard lemonade. <laughs> and I mean, to be perfectly honest, I didn't see as much harm in smoking marijuana as I would say drinking, because I, you know, I grew up watching a man, you know, break his body down and break our family down with drinking. So that just that wasn't something that I really wanted to get into not even on an occasional basis i really didn't have much interest in drinking so you saw what it did to your father and you no. said that's enough for me i'm not going to do that but right. the marijuana he also did but you didn't get the same kind of feeling about that no okay so now you're living with this family group mm -hmm. whatever then what does it lead to um adderall I started abusing Adderall. I was working really hard shifts at um, this convenience store. And Adderall helped me get through it. It helped me stay alert and focused and organized. How'd you pay for that? Um, it was actually provided to me by, <laughs> by a roommate. By Quick Trip. By a roommate. By a roommate, of course. <laughs> yeah. And what did that lead to? That led to the use of methamphetamines. Did you know this? You were on this road. Did did you know that you were going from something a little more exciting? Did you you did it willfully? Um, at that time, yeah. Just using the Adderall, I you know it's a prescription drug. I didn't see you know it leading to you know, anything worse than, you know, where I was at. Kathy, did you know this was going on? Mm -mm. No idea. Because <clears throat> she wasn't living with me but at did the you, time. What about Mother's Day? What about Christmas? What about the times that somebody said, hey, come on over? Didn't feel anything? Well, I think it's different when you see them during the day, uh, you know, in a sitting with everybody else because she just seemed alert <laughs> to me hyper I, yeah you know 
Okay. Now you're down, you're getting harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And then where? What do you mean? What, uh, more drugs? Uh, no. Okay, Adderall and what else? Adderall and, and meth, meth, crystal meth. Uh, I think that's pretty strong. Oh, okay. yeah. Definitely not discounting that. <laughs> and how did you pay for that? Uh, money from work. Never stole it. Good for you. <laughs> okay, yeah. so did you ever consider yourself a drug addict? Um, not until 2017 when I was no longer employed and still finding ways to get it. Um, whether it be just, you know, asking mom for 10 bucks. Not stealing from her, but just asking mom for ten bucks. Let me go to the to the store, and then I I go and get a little bag, and I'm set. Or I go hang out with friends that are doing it, and I get it that way. So at some point, you move back home. Yes. So you two are living together in some kind of environment, rented apartment or house mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and now you have a drug addict living in your home. Mm-hmm. Were you aware? I I questioned a lot. Uh, For instance, um, she would, uh, I would be asleep, and I go to bed early, but uh, I would get up sometimes and she'd still be awake, and I'd go, why? I just can't sleep, Mom. I can't sleep. Mm. I have anxiety, you know, anxiety, you know, and I'm, you know, and this, I'm just, I just can't sleep. Was it anxiety? I mean, that's real. <clears throat> mm-hmm. and it a, is. And a drug can induce a hyperism. Absolutely. Uh, when I was in middle school, like even as young as sixth grade, I had a lot of anxiety. Um, I can imagine. More specifically, social anxiety. Um, being in large groups, even just an interaction in the hallway, somebody passing me in the hallway and saying hello, I'm putting my head down and I'm not speaking. I'm just going to my classes. Um, and I, did, I make a correlation with smoking marijuana. When I started smoking marijuana, I started coming out of that shell a little bit. I wasn't, I didn't feel as much anxiety. And then when I started doing the Adderall again, I started feeling that anxiety a little bit, not crippling like it was in middle school, but it, it was still there. It's definitely still there. I've got to hear this story. Now, <laughs> you right now, as I understand it, you have been clean for a year or more. April 28th. So a year in... April 28th was your first year anniversary of being <laughs> totally clean. How yep. does that happen? Um everything i was losing everything everything i but you were living at home right no job no job i hadn't worked since 2017 january no it was april actually april of 2017 i quit you're fully aware of this kathy that she is now in a very difficult place with drugs yes right before she stopped yes how did you keep loving knowing all this because she's my child, my mother, and I, I, I look for the best in my children. 
and I have both I had faith that they would, you know, be okay eventually. You have an unbelievable mother. Do you know that? I do. I do. Definitely. Uh, okay. So you come to this eureka moment. Yeah, no I'm, job. No job. Can't hold a job. Um, my The relationship with my daughter and my daughter's dad was terrible. It was it was really bad. He didn't trust me to do anything, and I, I don't blame him. Um, and I... You know, of course, in my addiction, like, you know, let me get through this week or let me do this, let me do that, and then I'll quit. I'll quit, I'll quit, I'll quit. And one day I just, I woke up and I said it and I was just like, okay, this this is just it. Like, I don't have anything. I'm, I'm out of everything. I don't have money for anything else. So this is a day that I'm just going to, I'm going to be done. How many times have you said that before? Um, Plenty. <laughs> And what Plenty. was different about this time? I don't know. I don't know. It just it but just that felt it. like the time. That was it was just no it. rehab program. No nope. no DUI. No incarceration. My mama was my my rehab program. Oh yeah, it was a rough week. Yep, my mama had a rough week that week. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you you detoxed or I found out about it. Oh my goodness! I and told I told a really good friend of mine, yes. um, and he's straight laced doesn't do any drugs doesn't he barely drinks only on occasion um but he's my best friend i told him you know hey i've been doing this for a while now and i'm quitting now so I how just, long were you doing this total how many years um from marijuana on to crystal meth it was five years five years and yeah. you wake up one day and say i'm out of gas i'm done yeah and that was really true yes the only program you had was this woman sitting right here. That's it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I told uh, the friend came came in my room and told me about it. And I said, well, I tell you what. Tell her to stay in that room <laughs> until she's done. I don't want to see her come out until she is okay. Because I know from seeing my other daughter have to detox, you just have to leave them alone. Let them get through it. Like what? What happens? Well, because you're angry, the 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 mood is bad, and you feel like you're in pain. That's that I learned that from my middle daughter, Leanne. And was that true for you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Did, did you throw stuff in that room? Oh did yeah, uh, it was. It, it got ugly. Um, I slept for two days. Mm -hmm. I slept for two days. Um, the third day, I was kind of agitated. When I was awake, the fourth day, it was awful. Uh, what does that yelling, mean? screaming, my my muscles felt tense, and I I just I couldn't. I was so restless. I could not sit still. I couldn't sleep anymore. Did you stay in the room? I yeah. <laughs> I was scared of her. <laughs> I was not leaving that room. Did you eat? Uh no. No, not for those first four days. What? Yeah. I had I had water. Did you sodas, whatever throw, I had. Did you throw anything in there? Did you destroy anything in that room? Um, my personal belongings, I like clothes and stuff would get thrown around like if I was looking for something cuz you know, I the effects were still there. The the frantic, you know, restlessness was still there for those 4 days. And uh, how long did it take total? How long did it take for you to come back to reality? Um that fifth day, I was 
that fifth or sixth day, I was out and moving around and eating and stuff again. You felt different? Mm -hmm. Did you know something chemically changed inside or something was? I already, like by the sixth day, I already felt like a hundred times better. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But all your friends, all the, you still, how did you stay there when you have all your friend network that says, hey, April, come on back in here? Well, um, towards the end of my addiction, you know, I, a way that I fueled my addiction while I was still in it is I would get some and sell it to other people. And that's how I, you know, got to be high for free. Um, so when that started dwindling out and I didn't have money to make the big purchase to distribute or whatever, um, a lot of those friends kind of just (laughs) moved along, you know, they forgot all about April. Um, but one of my great friends who was in within the addiction with me quit maybe seven days after I did. Got some strength there. Yeah. And, and and the the miracle of this story is the two other daughters came out as well. They're free? Oh, yeah. They, mm-hmm. So let me rehearse this. You had a husband who was addicted. You had three daughters that were addicted. Mm-hmm. Your husband died because of his addiction. All three daughters, as of this date, have come through addiction, and they are now clean and clear yes wow (laughs) wow i don't know if this is a story about a journey out of addiction or if it's a story of a mother's love for her children no matter what but i think there are thousands of people today that heard this story and said there is hope for (laughs) me there's hope for my family i'm not giving up on this What would you tell somebody who is where you were? What would you say? Even Uh, if they're smoking right now, if they're doing it. You can let go of this addiction. It is physically, emotionally, and mentally, you can do it. It's, It's there, and there are way brighter, easier days ahead of you if you make that leap to quit your addiction. Uh, the, the funniest thing about this, or the most interesting thing, is that, Kathy, when you started work, when I knew you back when, April, you now have that same job. Yep. That she I sure started. Do. And I love my job. <laughs> I love my job. So interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. What if somebody wants to get in contact with you? Would Would you mind, uh, would you want to hear from them? Absolutely. How would we get in contact with you? Do you have an email number, an email address? Do you want them to call me? They can call you, get to me. Okay. We're going to, this is amazing. This is uh, Kathy and April Hill. Uh, I would call this to hell and back. I mean, you have absolutely come from the pit. I am so, so grateful for both of you. I'd I'd do anything for you. (laughs) I'm so proud of my daughters. I just want them to know that. And I tell them that a lot. I'm very proud of where they've come today than they were before. I have a my middle daughter who was the worst ever was on heroin. I mean, bad heroin. And um, 
she has uh, she is pregnant now with her second child. Oh my goodness! And so she's living a great drug-free life, and she's got a great uh, great man, great partner, and he treats her first child as his own. So everything is, uh, you know, looking good, falling ho- into place. And yes. There's there's hope for you. There's Maybe hope there, for me. There's a man out there. Should I have him contact you directly, or should? <laughs> Should they come to me and then I can? No. No, you're good. I'm good. (laughs) You two have been absolutely a delight. Thank you for opening your heart and opening your journey to us. This is End Results Radio. Uh, My name's Johnny Chris. The name of this show is That's Exciting. And boy, have you guys ever put the punctuation mark on that? That's exciting. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for having us.